You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Get ready for a frenzy. Bring them out, bring them out. The Fantasy Frenzy. What's up? Welcome inside Studio 34, Midtown Manhattan. Fantasy Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Coming up this hour, break down yesterday's conference championships games. Oh, man. So, here's the deal. <clears throat> Shout out to everybody on YouTube, FNTSY Radio. Do we have the only kid? I don't see him on the screen up here. Jake, you there? Don't yep. see him. All right, cool. All right, so we'll get that situated. <clears throat> Got the all-in kid. Super Bowl is set. <clears throat> we have the New England Patriots versus the Philadelphia Eagles, both of them coming off conference championship victories. And as a New York as a New Yorker, this is tough for me because I don't have nobody to root for in the Super Bowl, like at all. Because I'm sick and tired of New England Patriots, and I don't root for Boston sports teams. Obviously, my feeling towards Philadelphia sports franchises is you you can understand how that goes. Being a Dallas Cowboy fan, being a New Yorker, I do not have anybody to root for. So it's going to be a tough two weeks figuring out a way to enjoy this football game without rooting for anybody. This is not a situation where both teams can lose. It's not going to end in a tie. So I am torn, Matt Medica. That's why they invented gambling. So this you always have a rooting interest. So then this way I got to figure out some kind of way to make this fun for me. Jake Seeley, All In Kid, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Corey. How about you? I'm doing well. What are you going to do as far as your rooting interest in this game? Patriots. Yeah, because see, as a Giants fan, it's easy. Eagles. <laughs> see, as a Giants fan, it's easier because you've already beat the Patriots in two Super Bowls. So it's kind of like that that kind of like doesn't apply to you rooting against the Patriots because you're like the Patriots don't mean no. nothing to me but as a New York no, Giant no. fan it, it still does I don't want to see them taking on like a sixth tr- title yeah I don't want them to and then you got Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh well, Steelers fans also going to have this dilemma too because you don't want to root for your in-state rival in Philadelphia and you also don't want to root for the New England Patriots to tie you as if I'm a Steelers fan I root for the Eagles at least it's in the state yeah at least it's that well, well Matt 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 <clears throat> That, that's not true. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. In 2009, you were not rooting for the New York Yankees. No. <laughs> no I, I rooted for the Atlanta Braves in, the, in that World Series. That's how much I will never root. Look, I'll wear hats of, the, of many teams. I don't care. I, I have a Bryce Harper jersey and stuff like that. Yeah. But I will never, don't, I will never put a Yankee cap on, a yeah. Yankee jersey. Understood. Whatever. Understood. So there you go right there. So couple of topics we want to get into and break down today. Obviously, we need to discuss uh, Nick Foles and the uh, great game that he played yesterday. Not winning in spite of Nick Foles, winning because of Nick Foles. I also uh, want to bring up... <laughs> Do you see that guy? The, pre- the, 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 the priest has the dog mask on in Philadelphia, <laughs> in the chapels of Philadelphia yesterday. Um, I want to talk about the Aaron Boone theory, where did it apply to the Minnesota Vikings yesterday? More or less, the Aaron Boone theory is... You already won. So even though you have to go on to another round, you kind of are spent because that last game, the Minneapolis Miracle, that kind of was your championship right there. So I think that kind of played in, uh, a part of why Minnesota was so terrible yesterday. Obviously, we have to discuss the officiating because, um, man, I know you disagree, but that uh, pass interference call on A.J. Bouye, that was a very, very big play in that game, kind of a turning point of that game because – uh, Jacksonville had a chance to have that, 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 that lead at halftime. New England comes in and gets that touchdown on that on what I call a phantom pass interference Let's call. Let's get Jake's take. Jake, uh, I think we're getting a little bit, might be a little bit. How much time we got? Because it might be a little bit too close to the break. 
Yeah, so yeah, we'll get Jake's we'll take. We'll, we'll get Jake's take when we. <laughs> we'll get Jake's take on that. Uh, phantom pass in the fans are calling. We come back. One break it down. We are headed to Super Bowl number fifty-two. The New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yuck! Fantasy Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com premium and learn more about our awesome products. be Thursday already. That'd be cool. <laughs> it was that far into the week. Getting myself situated over here. Excuse me. I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. This might be your first time watching me or listening. Maybe it's not. All in kid, Jake Seely. He's an accuracy expert. Wall Street, Matt Medica. <clears throat> Very disappointed because you got the ops. The ops are like the opposition. You got the ops. For me, New England Patriots are the ops. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles are the ops. Can't deal with those franchises. Can't deal with those teams. Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, certain third and 18, you can't let a team get a first down. Obviously, you get the football. You can't just, like, late in the game like that with two, two and change left. You got to go down there and compete and try to get that touchdown. The Deion Lewis run on third down. Best defense in the NFL. You can't let that happen. I get all of that. But they are turning points. In a football game. There are things that switch, switch, shift momentum. That phantom pass interference call on A.J. Bouye on Brandon Cooks. Um, I think it really, really, really helped the New England Patriots in this game. Jake, Matt and I disagreed on it on the Roto Experts. What's your take on the A.J. Bouye pass interference call on Brandon Cooks to end uh, going towards the end of the first half? The New England Patriots do, do go in and score the touchdown and make the game 14-10 at that point. Well, the easy answer to the question, we'll do the second part first, is that obviously it did affect the game greatly with the fact that we, no matter which way you stand on it, you go with it to the end of the half and have the ball that far down the field. It's it's very obvious the result we saw what happened. And it changes, it swings the tide. It's a different ball game going into the second half, coming out of the gates with the Jacksonville Jaguars getting the ball and being up in the situation with they didn't have that score. So. To go down to it, though, for that, it, it definitely was. That, 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 I think a question in my mind that was not pass interference. That was just great, terrific defensive back play. And honestly, there was very little contact that was even been made. So I, I, have, I have, you know, no problem with anybody that's upset by that. See, Matt, when you look at it, I'll be honest with you, as we get closer to, like, the NFL draft and combine and you got the Shrine game and Senior Bowl and stuff like mm-hmm. that, if you're evaluating a cornerback, that's how you want him to play that route. That I'm not arguing. That I'm not arguing. But in today's NFL, that to me was past interference. I argue about the catch rule. I don't think the catch rule is correct. But to me, you, you can't be putting your hands on him like that and forcing him out of bounds. He didn't really put his hands on him that much, though. But you can't. After I mean, it, it, under the rules, I'm not saying under the rules. This is how I'm playing it. 
then that's a call that I didn't have a problem with. Yeah. I, You're not supposed to make contact with the guy after five yards, right? You, you want to. You want to you I want don't to. think there was enough contact there, no matter where it was on the field. And it was both players making contact, too. I don't know. I've, I've rewatched it a couple times this morning. And another thing, like I brought to you, when we did rewatch it, you don't even see the football in, in the play. The football is not even in the play. So it was an uncatchable pass, which is a part of the rule yeah, also. Well, no, no, I'm not going to get into that part because if he's if he's there, it's a catchable pass. And you can have impeding progress at any point. It's still whether or not you want to call it. But I just – I don't think there's enough contact, period. Whether that ball was in the middle of the field, whether it's on the sideline, whatever it was. It's not like he sat there and did what some people do on kickoffs and punts and stuff like that and, like, pushed him out of bounds and forced him out. And then we had the whole, well, did he establish possession or establish his feet back into bounds? I don't think there was enough contact there on any play, on any game, in any time of the situation through the entire season that should have been passed interference for anybody. Now, I don't know this. Maybe one of you two do, do uh, know this. Impeding progress. Is that a spot file? Oh, it depends if it's called holding. That's like, what they call. If you if you yeah. grab the if I grab your jersey and just there, they can just call holding. Yeah. Okay. But if you put hands on people down the field, they're going to call pass interference. And that, I, I look at. I'm not saying people don't have a right to say, you know, take your stance or Jake. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that that it's not controversial at all. But if I'm going by with the NFL in this day and age, how the wide receivers are treated. All right, so that's like I said to me. In my opinion, that was that was a big that was a big moment in the game. Oh, it definitely was a big moment. That was I'm, a big, I'm not I never mm-hmm. was argued that point. But Jacksonville still had chances to get back in the game. They had that chance with that drive late in the game. Listen, to be honest with you, I took a nap because I was just waiting. Okay, let me just go ahead and wake up around the time the Patriots come back. I wake up, Danny Amendola is scoring a touchdown. Jacksonville gets the ball back, and I'm like, okay, this is perfect timing. Let's see what Jacksonville does. And obviously did not work. The Blake Borders experiment is over to, for the end of this year. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have to be proud of what you did this year. But I still think you felt as if you left one on the mm-hmm. table because that was a situation where you could have gone in there and gotten a victory. But one thing about playing against the New England Patriots, Jake, when you're playing against them, you have to be perfect. Regardless of the pass interference, the Jacksonville Jaguars made too many mistakes in that situation. Would you say that that was a part of their non-experience in the playoffs showing up? I think some of it goes on the play calling, too. If you look at it at the beginning of the game, it was the best It was the best opening quarter and a half of play calling. And then once they got the lead in 14-3, and they just clammed up and they played safe mode the rest of the way. And that's, that's really what bit them. I mean, even if you want to keep that there, let's say – it was a good call. Let's say it was actually the breach. Let's tackle the guy. It was better than they go into the half, half with that score. The fact is the Jaguars should have done more offensively in the second half to come back to this game and played like they did to open up the game. They didn't. You see the difference between two experienced, not just teams, but coaches as yep. well. The front office, the front the catch, everybody from down from Bilicek to McDaniels to Patricia to everybody. You see what happens at halftime. You see that how good they are at halftime adjustments. And when they came out, and it was a completely different situation, the Jaguars weren't able to stand to it. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it was, like eight and a half minutes or so mm-hmm. when they made the Patriots punt. Yeah. That's when Jacksonville's. If you're gonna, if you're going to win that game, that's when you do it. That's when you do it. Another play in the game with um, Miles Jack. Was he down by contact on that fumble recovery? Another thing that you can debate also. But I that, thought that was coincidental. That like, was kind of, yeah. You know, that's that. kind of a bang bang play right there. So you can't really go down on that. But when you look at this team moving forward, Matt. Obviously, <clears throat> I like Allen Robinson to be someplace new next year. 
But if you plan on beating a team like the New England Patriots, the class of the AFC for just two, de- two damn decades now, you're going to need a playmaker on the outside. And I think Allen Robinson must be a priority for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't. I just don't personally see them paying him. I I don't see that happening. But they need him. Well, it's going to be interesting. I I just think there's going to be a team that is going to say we're going to look back a couple of years ago on what Allen Robinson did, mm-hmm. and they're going to pay him more than Jacksonville's willing to commit. That's that's just honestly how I feel. What do you think about that, Jake? I think in order to get back to this spot and and be victorious. They're going to need a player like Allen Robinson that can stretch the field, put pressure on the defense down the field. Somebody at the quarterback, whether it's Bortles or whoever, can have a good, dependable, reliable target in these situations. I think that guy is Allen Robinson, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars need to make him a priority. Uh, I would agree with you, but it comes down to what they decide to do in the front office. Do you remember they also Marquise Lee is a free agent for his situation? So right now, on roster, you're looking at D.D. Westbrook, Gitlin Cole, and Allen Hearns. And Alan Hearns showed up a little bit again yesterday, finally, now that he's been healthy and getting back into the mix. But none of those guys are a number one, even all four of them. None of them are a number one of what Alan Robinson can bring this team. So you have to, it's just what the Jaguars are going to prioritize. If I'm looking at the Jaguars, though, where are the holes? They, they could use a little bit of improvement on the offensive line. They could use a little bit of help at the linebacker position. So why not? If you like, you go into this offseason, you set yourself up for exactly what we're looking for here. It's a team for the future with very little hills and very few holes and some still some money left over. So if I'm the Jaguars, yeah, like, hell, I'm definitely paying Allen Robinson because you need that number one. Uh, if I'm the Jaguars, if, if, if this could possibly happen, and I really want to win the Super Bowl next year with this team I have put together, somehow, some way, I want Kirk Cousins to be my quarterback. I can see that. You want to upgrade the quarterback. But before we get to upgrading that quarterback, this is the truth of the matter is, too, though, right now. The offseason is important, <clears throat> not only because of the moves they need to make. They got, some def- they got a defender on that team that needs to stay out of trouble, too. <laughs> because he could be looking at a suspension with any more, with any more screw-ups, any more mix-ups. So hopefully he's mature enough to know that in order for the team to be back in that situation, he's going to have to have a clean offseason. He's safe around the rest of the team. And the offseason is always something with Dante Fowler. Always. He's going to need a clean offseason, too. You need to be more like Telvin Smith, Fowler. You know what I'm saying? Clean offseasons. Tom Coughlin has to hammer that point home as his team gets ready to, to, uh, to break. When you look at the New England Patriots side of the football, you know the greatness of it. <clears throat> Jake, I said this earlier, and I think Matt agreed with me, and I want to know your opinion on this. If I'm a linebacker with a full head of speed, in the AFC Championship game, and I see a defenseless Rob Gronkowski coming up the scene, I'm going to try my best to concuss him. And if I'm in the helmet area, I'll take that 15 yards. Is that savage thinking, or is that you know what? That's what that's what you have to do in the NFL. No, that's not just that's di- that's dirty ass thinking. Come on, Jake. AFC Championship. No, this game. Don't, I don't care. You don't, you don't ever intentionally hurt somebody. You don't ever do what? Hurt somebody. Intently hurt somebody. You don't ever do it on purpose. I'm not saying you're looking to concuss, but you're looking to knock the guy out. You're looking looking to put this guy... You're looking to... I want him moosey. Yeah. I want... No. I want want him to leave the game. Uh, Hey, I'm never... No. That's Never going that low. Okay. All right. I didn't mean to... Well, Jake said low. Now I feel bad. (laughs) Gronk's going up for the ball. I'm not saying you're looking to concuss. He's defenseless. to you know, make make a play where you're gonna hopefully knock him out. Clean mm-hmm. tackle, or you going helmet area a little bit? 
Even if you don't helmet area, even you, 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 there's other ways of doing it. You know, you, you drop a shoulder in there. I mean, Gronk dropped the bionic elbow on the defenseless. <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. Get your opinions on that. 844-843-6879. We come back on the other side. Uh, Tom Brady, your, your hand injury? We need to talk about that. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Shout out to Mike Florio on the ones and twos, man. Oh God, this song the most played out song ever. Um, Fly Eagle Fly. Shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles and their fans. Shout out to the New England Patriots and their fans. Want to say that fast, so um, I didn't have to. Can do I it say twice. something real quick? Sure. Well, when I played hockey, I was looking to put my shoulder into people's chest and not f- give them concussions, but when I hit somebody, I wanted them down. Yeah. So that's the that's the mentality I'm going. I, I'm not looking to say I want to ruin somebody's career. <laughs> okay, this is enough with the fly eagles fly. I, that, uh, listen, now I said I gave the people their props. I gave them a shout out. There's no reason to play the fly eagle fly thing. I don't want to hear that because when I hear fly eagle fly, it reminds me of 44 to six. So there you go. And I don't want to remember 44 to six. That was a very tough day. I did not cry that day though. But I was close. I was close. But my, you didn't have to go in the car. No, I didn't have to go in the car, but I was, like, I was like, this one, let's turn this TV off. All right, so. What were we talking about? Uh, we, I, I was talking about the hit there. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, the but, hit. Tom Brady's hand. So Tom Brady has a laceration on his hand that needed 12 stitches. And he said he got this running into a teammate in practice. Hmm. We're not going to notice because the New England Patriot organization is so tight-lipped. We're not going to notice until the book comes out. Either Josh McDaniels or Alex Guerrero write the book or somebody like that. Tom Brady did not hurt his hand uh, that way. Tom Brady's hand is hurt from glass. His hand was cut on glass. Where did this glass come from? Huh? Says who? Jake, how are you going to need on the football field? Explain how handing off a football can cause you to get a cut on your hand where you're going to need 12 stitches. There's plenty of things on the uniform that you can cut your hand on. Stop with your conspiracy theory stuff. I'm telling you. I think he cut it when he was was getting the avocados ready. (laughs) Usually somebody cuts it for him, but he had to do it himself. Tom Brady threw a punch at something. No, he didn't. I'm telling you, he did. This is the, uh, the I'm not, you're no, not you're, talk okay. to Matt. This is, this is the dumbest thing ever. Jake is talk not going, but I'm telling you, all right, y'all, when the book come out, years from now, when the book come out, and be like, oh, fantasy executive was right. So Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels, this is my theory, was getting into it. Brady goes to throw a punch. McDaniels duck. Brady hand goes through a glass. They stitch it up. He's good to go. He's not hurt his he did not get a lacerated hand by handing off the football to Rex Burkhead I'm not buying it I'm not buying it New England Patriot fan I'm not buying it New England Pats Nation 
I understand this might sound conspiracy theorist, and I don't mind being that guy. I got some more conspiracy theories, too. And I might get in trouble if I bring those up. I'm not buying it. This is the way he hurt hand, Matt. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody put in the YouTube chat. Lance put it. LD put it. He was broken. He just cut his head, punching the Jimmy G bitch yeah, <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Like, Garoppolo I've was, had it with Garoppolo. I've had it with you. I'm t- Why would they have his picture in here? Wham! And then you go right there. He's like, what you say? If I hear Jimmy G one more time, say it. <laughs> Matt, how do you, Matt, this is not a football-related injury, I don't think. This is uh, Tiger Woods it, stuff right here. It could have been a football-related injury. It could have been a non-football-related injury. You know, the palace intrigue, it's fun, it's nice, but I really don't care. He's still TFB. We saw you know, when he had to get it done, and he got it done without Gronk. Uh, you know, Amendola steps up. Shout out to the New England Patriots. Jake, I also like how the New England Patriots have no no love. They could care less about the Lamar. I think it's called the Lamar Hunt Trophy, the AFC Championship Trophy. It was like they passed that joint around the stage like, can somebody get this out of here, please? How about that? How gangster is that? The AFC Championship means nothing to the New England Patriots. Yeah, I don't know if it's gangster, yeah. if it's just obnoxious. You can go either way. You can look at it. Yeah, man, it, it really shouldn't mean anything to them. Like I stated on one of the it's like with hockey. You, you, the, the Penguins did it, but usually the team never touches that trophy before the Stanley Cup. It's like, you know, you, you go buy it, you never put your hands on it, you want the real thing. So, Aaron Boone, the Aaron Boone home run in Yankee Stadium. In the American League Championship Series. Great moment. Seven-game series. Goes into extra innings. Aaron Boone hits the legendary home run. The Yankees <laughs> prom- promptly go ahead and lose the world. I'm about to say the Super Bowl. Josh Beckett. Yes. Josh Beckett. Uh, what's the D-train? Dontrell Willis. Miguel Cabrera, right? Was Miguel Cabrera on that team? Mm-hmm. On that Marlins team? He could have been. I honestly don't remember. I just remember Josh Beckett shutting them down. All right, man. <laughs> we get the picture. The Minnesota Vikings suffered from that because the Minnesota Vikings won their Super Bowl last week. They had a whole week of accolades, how great it was, and they more or less bought a dead team in the Philadelphia. Would you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, they didn't show up. Their defense at least never showed up at all. Jake, what do you think? What's the question? The question is, do you think the hangover from last week is the purpose, is the reason why the hangover from that game last week, trapped, going on the road to Philadelphia, I kind of felt like Minnesota kind of felt as if after last week they they already won. It kind of was like it was nothing else left to play for, or they were too spit to even show up because of all the excitement of the game the week before. I don't think there's like nothing to play for. You're going to the Super Bowl here, so but but the fact that possibly a hangover and too much celebrating and not enough to getting right back into things in the practice. I mean, it's all legitimate. We saw the, I saw it on the morning show yesterday. I saw a tweet that out again yesterday. It was the last five teams to have a walk off playoff win had lost by an average of 23 points. So you look at it, the, the ones that they listed there was 2008 Chargers, 2009 Cardinals, 2011 Broncos, 2014 Seahawks, and 2015 Cardinals with walk-off wins by Sproles, Dansby, Demarius, Jermaine Curse, Larry Fitzgerald. They all ended up losing by an average of 23 points. And an indoor team in the championship game on the road is now 0-13. They were 0-12 entering yesterday. Got an interesting tweet. Circle back on what we were talking about. I'm going to get back to the Vikings right quick. Circle back on what we were talking about. Uh, Josh Ackles. This is interesting. 
The spot foul needs to be looked at. No reason why defensive pass interference should be anything beyond 15 yards for the penalty. College has that rule. That's interesting well, right there. you can change how you call it, too. You can, you can change. It used to be totally different how, you know, pass interference was and how they let them play more back in the day, but they want more of the offensive. I, one thing I don't want, I want to say this, I've seen a couple times this year people talking about for fantasy, like air yards. I don't want No, that. no, no, that's, that, that's, that's ridiculous. No, we don't need that. You know, this, this, it's fine the way it is now. Jake, I got my man Boogie. We would play Madden. And Boogie would run the wide receiver on a deep route, and he would run the receiver into the defender, and they would always throw the pass interference. Obviously, that's on Madden. The game, the game had a glitch. But sometimes, Jake, the spot foul, you, you're looking at a situation where you can throw the ball down the field and get a pass interference, and now you're on the two-yard line, and you're like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on here? Is it outdated, the spot foul? Should it be no, changed? No, I don't think at all. No. Because you see it in colleges, once you get beat, people just tackle people to mm-hmm. prevent the play from happening. And you run into that whole situation, which is as annoying as hell. You get the same thing as, oh, fine, I'll give him 15 yards to make sure that he doesn't get the big play or get the touchdown. And then you just have defenders tackling people on purpose. So it's just annoying as it can be either way. The problem is it's not the spot foul. If spot is actually the whether, where the penalty happens, if it's pass interference, should be where it is. The problem is is that we need to get into a judgment area of these underthrown balls where the defender can't turn around because the defender stops and he runs into him because the ball's underthrown and that needs to be like it's similar to the uncatchable which is still a judgment call made by the referees you need to start having these underthrown non-catchable balls thrown into the conversation too because if the ball is landing five yards behind the defender and the player and he stops and the defender runs into him he probably wasn't making it back to the ball either so that's that's the biggest issue. I don't think it has anything to do with the spot. It, it's kind of like the uncatchable pass has gone away. Like when they remember they used to rule that you know there's no pass interference which was uncatchable. Yeah, I really didn't see much of that this year. They they kind of went away with that. If, if the interference happened, it happened regardless. That's what you know. But I'm like I'm a jig because if you take that spot file away, you know you, you'll tackle the guy in the end zone. You know Brandon Cooks has you beat, and you can come up. You you you're gonna do whatever you can, and it's only 15 yards. That's not right, neither. All right. Minnesota Vikings struggled <clears throat> yesterday. They didn't get off the turf at all. They, scored, they came out and they scored that early touchdown. Philadelphia got that pick six. They didn't look back after that. Three quarterbacks on the roster. Obviously, Pat Shermer's going down to be the coach of the New York Giants. They'll probably have an announcement made tomorrow. Three quarterbacks on this team. Jake, if you are in the front office of the Minnesota Vikings, which one are you bringing back? Two. You're going to bring back both of them. You can't, you, can't, you can't bring back just one. you got to bring back two. It's Bridgewater and Keenum. Bridgewater and Keenum. And Bradford is washed. If, like I said, the Giants, for me, lucked out in getting Shermer. I think this is the perfect hire for them. Uh, you think you should bring one of them quarterbacks with him to New York? It depends what they're going to do. If they're going to draft They probably want to try, but the Vikings aren't going to let them take Keenum, probably. Yeah, I, I don't see that. But if you're the Giants and you're going to draft, say, number two, you're, you're drafting a quarterback with the, with, with the number two pick. Right. And you have Eli for another year on the contract. Why change it? And you got Sherma, who, who's... I, I, don't, I don't like these quarterbacks at the top of the draft board. I really don't. I think the, I think it's the, the, the top two are mistakes, in my opinion. Okay, say they went with your guy. Say they go Baker Mayfield. That's my guy. Whatever. I'm just saying, if they're going to go quarterback. <laughs> Jake is they, laughing. If they're going to go quarterback <laughs> with the number two pick, regardless of whoever it is, and you got Eli for another year, I don't think you need to bring Ke- Keenum. Uh, look, Bridgewater, I think, is definitely there. 
And I think they would like to keep uh, the guy with the bum knee. Let's skip my mind. Uh, talk to Teddy Bridgewater. Don Burns, check the G-Chat, please. All right, so there you go right but there. But I think the other guy's washed. I don't, I don't think he can play anymore with, with, with his knee. No, Bradford is done. Bradford yeah, is toast. I don't Bradford see how he can play. Bradford might, might bounce around third to the back end of somebody's bench. He might bounce around like that. But Sam Bradford, for the most no, part, though. he back up somewhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He might bounce around. But I don't I'm I saying don't better third. I'm saying backup. Okay. What are you saying, Matt? I don't think he could. Even as a backup, I'm just saying, I don't think. What is he going to do? Get in there and get hurt again? I think that means. It's bone on bone, as Scott would say. <laughs> you know, he'd never seen the x ray. <laughs> <laughs> I want to continue to break down some of these uh, thoughts from Championship Week. We want to get into the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Foles, that situation. 844-843-6879. If you got some kind of uh, comment on this right here on the Fantasy Frenzy. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. My goodness. So, in the chat, LD said Tom Brady lacerated his hand, tying up his lugs, making a joke about Uggs, 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 not lugs. Lugs (laughs) is the other crazy joints from... L-U-G-Z Yeah, them joints is from uh, when the era when Jake had that sweatshirt yeah. that he wore on Friday Those were like to... the rip-off Timberlands Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> Those were the kicks to go with that But Uggs, people calling the Uggs Tom Brady because it's feminine, whatever But I, I have a pair I was, I, No, the Uggs slippers are like the greatest thing ever I have a pair of Uggs, Matt, and I'm I'm satisfied I don't have the not ones with, with the, the fur Yeah, yeah not, I'm not a damn woman, you know what I'm saying? No, the ones with the fur inside, though yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the fur, I'm yeah, talking about the makes... ones that, Them joints that the, the ladies be wearing for 10 years It's all turned over now No, I don't own those, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do have male Uggs I mean, It's not feminine, fellas Fantasy exec on the download. No, <laughs> Matt. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles getting it done. Jake Seeley, all a kid. Let me tell you, I was. We laughed this dude. We laughed this dude out the playoffs about a month ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way they can't get no further. And Nick Foles comes out in the spirit of Rocky Balboa and has the game of his life, my man. Yeah, he did. He had a game that nobody expected to see yesterday. It was amazing, honestly, and the best day, quarterback play of the day. I, look, you say we laughed about. Don't forget the week before, I was saying don't be surprised if the Eagles win that game. So I, I, I didn't think that Nick Foles was toast to what everybody else was thinking, but I certainly wasn't expecting what he did yesterday. Yeah, Matt, I, no, I thought Nick Foles, uh, Foles would beat the Falcons. I didn't think he had a chance yesterday. Not, I really not, didn't. Yeah. I, I know they had the defense. That's why I liked them against uh, well, see, Atlanta. But. And that's the surprising thing yesterday, Matt. So there's, I think Pat Thorman, or it was Pat Thorman and Mike Clay, because they were in the conversation this morning going back and forth on Twitter. One of the two tweeted it out. Xavier Rhodes, Terrence Newman, and um, the other one, I'm forgetting his name. All three of them. Yeah, no. Uh, not the safety, the other corner. Uh, oh, in, I know. Zendaya? Yeah. So they gave up 158.3 perfect passer rating yesterday. All three of them. See, they were washed. 
their, their but, Super Bowl but, 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 was last on, week. They Nick were washed. Foles, Nick Foles going into yesterday had one pass over 20 yards completed. He, he completed four over 35 he yards. He lit their ass up yesterday. He did. That's exactly Nick the, Foles. That's the way to set, describe it. I can't believe it. Nick Foles got this team going to the Super Bowl. And I'm talking about the Philadelphia, too. Zero arrests last night, even though I'm sure some of y'all should have been arrested. <laughs> no, and shout out to getting up those poles with the crystal well, oil. Yeah. No, let's give Doug Peterson a head coaching. And there you go. Actually, actually, the entire coaching staff in general. Frank Wright. Let's give some Frank, Filipino Frank Wright. Look, they, t- they tweeted, I saw this yesterday during one of the morning shows, too, is the fact that Nick Foles, when it's time to release, it was one to three seconds or three plus seconds, whatever it was, he was miserable. When he has time in the pocket to think and look around and everything, but that quick release, getting the ball out in one to three seconds, his passer rating was twice as good. And I think that's what they're starting to do over the past two weeks. You saw some of it last week. You saw a hell of a lot of it yesterday. Is they're just adjusting to the way that he plays, and they adjusted the offense to the way that he plays well, and that's get the ball out of his hands quickly. Quick reads, first reads, get the ball out, and he plays much better. Well, let me ask you a question here. Why is Filippo getting all the love and not Frank Reich, who's been the game plan guy for this team on the offense? Because it's the development of the quarterback, I think people are looking specifically. Like, it's the fact that Alshon Jeffrey didn't all of a sudden become nothing to Alshon Jeffrey, and then Zach Ertz didn't go from nothing to being Zach Ertz. Like, all these things, I think it's just the look of that, how big of a leap Carson Wentz made, and then the fact that Nick Foles is playing at this kind of level. I think that's what it is. I agree with you. Is the right deserves some credit, too. But I think that's why people are focused on that. They're focused on the biggest development coming both times at the quarterback position. Chip Kelly tried to gut this franchise. Like, he was sent there on purpose. He was like, fire in the hole! <laughs> and then they go back, and Peterson and the whole crew, excellent job of coaching. They got their work cut out for them going up against Bill Belichick in two weeks. So, but definitely shout out to that coaching staff. They did a fantastic job. You got to look at the Reich and Peterson, career backup quarterbacks. They get Nick Foles, no panic. Career backup quarterbacks, we know how to handle backup quarterback. Get a backup quarterback prepared to play in big games like this. They get a ton of love. Shout outs to them. They beat the Minnesota Vikings down. I do think the Vikings were spent, though. I think last week was the Vikings Super Bowl. 844-843-687. I, I would like I would have loved to see the Saints play this Eagle team. I think the Saints would have got a victory. 844-843-68. And, I, and then I'd have somebody to root for in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I don't. I'm with you. <laughs> there you go. 844-843-6879. Let's head down to South Carolina and talk. My man Q. Q, what's good Q. with you? I miss Q. Hey, man. Hey, how y'all doing this morning? What's up, Q? How can, hey, what's uh, up with you? I got it. I just want you guys to check in to something for me about the New England, man. It seems like they're always getting break from the press. Is there some kind of stat or some kind of that they can look into to see how come every time you turn around to play off for the regular season, they seem to be the favoritism from these referees, man. And it's a fact. I mean, it's out there. I just wonder if it's a stat out there that you can actually fit in. Just like yesterday, I think it was six flags and a one. You know yeah. what? You know what I want to say about this? I, I think this has really become more and more. I'm not saying the Patriots don't get some questionable calls go their way. Cause that's, but they're there every year. We see them play, you know, two or three playoff games every single year. So for the past seven years, we've seen them play like 20 playoff games. The key to beating them is to get that game. In your building. You don't want to go up there for that game unless you got the elite Joe Flacco. <laughs> That's the key. The key is getting that game in your building. In your building, you have a better shot. Now, Q, as far as what went on yesterday, the pass interference, that was, that in my opinion, that was egregious uh, call right there. And I think that yeah, really helps help, uh, sw- uh, help help swing things in the Patriots' favor, especially going in and going into the half. Jake, I don't think you have any – I don't think it's been a study done on Patriot penalties, has there? 
No, somebody tweeted out this morning. I could go find it. The number, the fewest penalties, or like under ten yards of penalties in the game, or whatever. But eh, it's, it's no, it's not anything. The only bad thing about yesterday, if you want to talk about, it, is you know teams know how to play and not screw up. That's really what it comes That's down it. to. Having a team by Billichek and he just knows how to play without getting penalties called. The only bad thing from yesterday was, I, as we talked about earlier, I agree. I think that it was not pass interference. And then you have the optics of it, like you, the referee. Joking and celebrating the yeah. zone with them, and at the end of the game, the first one up to t- congratulate Tom Brady was the referee. That's just bad optics. Like that, that, that X. This just feeds the conspiracy. Hey, hey, uh, Q. How Tom Brady hurt his hand? I, I hope he wasn't doing it. He had no business doing, but I, I, I like Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it wasn't either Q. <laughs> you said you like Tom Brady, huh? Yeah, I actually like them, but that's why it really gets me when the referees help them because they don't need no help. Q, you have you know? to be—you have to be perfect to beat this team. That's the bottom line. You have to be perfect. Well, what? They didn't get much help. Point, they didn't Corey. get. What's up? That's you making my point because you think you got to be perfect to play, but the other teams don't have to be perfect because why? Why? You know what I'm saying? Why the other teams always got to get these penalties when 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 New England got to be, when when they when they can get away with murder? But see, the thing about it is, you have to go into this situation with these with the with against the New England Patriots, knowing that it's not going to go in your favor, knowing that it's going to be adversity, knowing that you have to be perfect. You're going to get calls that go your way when you're playing New England. It's going to happen when you're playing Duke. You're going to get the you know you're going you're going to get it when you're when you're going up against. You know the Yankees or whatever. These teams that have these lore, it's not really out there like that, but they have it. You have to be perfect when you're facing these franchises. That should be the way it is, man. Because the other teams played hard. Jacksonville deserved to go to the Super Bowl. They played. They played enough to get the See, the problem is the score at the end. Yeah, the problem. Jacksonville didn't deserve to go to the Super Bowl because when Jacksonville could have got them off the field on that third on that on that third down, they let Dion the, the best defense in the yeah. NFL let Dion Lewis run for a first down. Jacksonville got the football. Jacksonville got the football back. Jacksonville when Jacksonville got the football back after they scored, Jacksonville would have deserved to go if they scored. No, for me, it still stays when they made them punt with like eight forty-seven to go mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, and the Jacksonville got the ball back. That was their opportunity to really win the game. I thought, you know, they 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 got them to punt, and they needed to at least have a sustainable drive. Q, they had some things go their way, my man, but they did not deserve to win that football game. You have to be able to execute in those moments against the New England Patriots, and they just not they couldn't get it done. But they are an up and coming team. And as long as everybody can stay out of trouble and everybody can stay healthy, they are not becoming team eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Be like so, Q. What's Corey, up, Jake? The, the tweet. The, the tweet was from Football Outsider Scott Kazmar. Okay, he does a lot of stat stuff. So he, this is like two in the morning. It says most games in the season with no more than ten penalty yards, which include playoffs since two thousand seven. Number one was the two thousand set this year's Patriots. Five games all since week ten. 2008 Patriots were second with four, and then there's nine teams tied with three. So, I don't know. If if conspiracy theorists want to dig into that one, then go ahead. Yeah, I don't think it's enough there myself. And I would love to. And I would love to be. Did we? uh, One other topic we never talked about today. What's that? Robbie Anderson. By the way, that was that was pretty nuts. I just we had to bring that up. Yeah, didn't he? He got arrested. He said he was going to bust a nut. (laughs) He got he got got crazy. Yeah, Robbie Anderson relaxed. Oh boy, this this is two. This is back to back with Robbie Anderson. He had dressed last summer too. Robbie Anderson has temper issues. Brought for nine charges. (laughs) Yeah. Dick LeBeau's out, by the way, with the Titans. Dick LeBeau gone from Tennessee. Kind of saw that coming. uh, Browns and Malarkey. 
Is that a thing yet? Well, they're trying to make it a thing. Vrabel is the head coach in Tennessee. The Browns, uh, Milwaukee, oh, God, they, can they not do better? But the Milwaukee is good with running the football. That, that's one of his uh, things. Speaking of the Browns, where is McAdoo supposed to be headed now? I know there's another team. They switched it up again. CFL? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the latest one to go down to McAdoo? Johnny Manziel. <laughs> yeah. Guess I'm coming. I'm bringing Johnny Manziel with me. They're like, what? Anyway. Shout out to the people in Philadelphia that didn't get arrested last night. And I'm happy for y'all, but please be careful. I was, I was your, sure. Your, your boy Todd Haley interviewing for the OC job in the Browns. Mm-mm-mm. Poor Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser, you know, you have to. Oh, it was the Vikings because they're going to lose Shermer. They were considered oh, bringing him back to do. Yikes. Can you imagine that? They're going to set this franchise I, back. They're setting the franchise back. What the hell are they doing? No, see, I don't, I don't know this is actually that bad if you just leave him in his role. He's similar to, like, the failed situations before with, like, the Daniels and stuff like that. Just let him be offensive coordinator. Nothing more than that. All right. I, hmm. He just was, that mustache got to go. All right. <laughs> we come back. We'll <laughs> talk a little basketball right here on the Frenzy. Had a marquee matchup over the weekend, so we'll talk about that. And then the great Jeff Van Gundy. I don't hear nothing. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. Monday this week. Um, shout out to uh, what up, Matt? Nah, I'm just looking at a tweet from Curtis Patrick and who's that? Uh, C. Patrick NFL. Okay. I I I'm always gonna mention this because I think this is a guy we we all be uh, looking at next season with the proper quarterback there. It says touchdown leaders and receptions twenty plus yards. Kelsey nine, Ertz seven, Gronkowski seven, and Joku seven. Ah, David and Joku. He's going to need a quarterback. Yes, I think that's the only thing that's missing in that formula. And and Ben McAdoo. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll grow a mustache. Yeah, then maybe so. Maybe that'll change it up right there. Uh, shout out to um, uh, the Houston Warriors getting victory the other night over over the Dubs. Both teams at full strength. Nice victory by the by the by the board. Did I say the Houston Warriors? A nice victory by the Rockets over the Dubs. So shout out to them. They had the whole team. They played excellent basketball. So they win two of the three games matchups this year versus uh, the Rockets. So that'd be a fun Western Conference Finals if we uh, get to that direction. Soon as the game started, they were talking about Trevor Ariza being out, and the greatness of Jeff Van Gundy was like Chris Paul and James Harden should be ejected for this. Shouldn't be playing this game mm-hmm. either, but they're playing because this game was on in prime time. Just like that, came right out the gate and said, "I love Jeff Van Gundy." He was correct. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was correct. I, I think Jeff. I think Jeff Van Gundy is the best color analyst in in sports broadcasting. Period. And I think like Doris Burke is like second. Any disagreements? Uh, you don't watch enough NBA? Yeah, I don't watch enough NBA to really... 
What about you, Jake? You watch enough basketball to comment on that? No. Jake, who would you say is the best analyst in in, in, on, in broadcasting? Tony Romo. Was never the best quarterback. <laughs> I thought you were going to definitely say Romo, Corey. I like Troy Aikman better than Tony Romo. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Him and Keith Hernandez, because everything was awesome for Keith. Everything was great when he was playing in the 80s. Nothing compares. <laughs> <laughs> just talks about how amazing everything was and how amazing he is. Keith Hernandez is a national treasure just because no matter how bad the Mets are, I can watch their games and have enjoyment from his, just like, you know, the one of my friends wanted to do a show we, we were talking about years ago. The finer things in life with Keith Hernandez. Oh, I like that. You know, I think that would have been an excellent show for like SN, SNY TV. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Matt, is he your favorite broadcaster? And he's most entertaining. I find I get I, I love Ron Darling. I know in the playoffs people uh, turned on Darling. He maybe wasn't his best performance, but I think Darling is uh, excellent. He's one of the guys. I, I got to think about it. It wasn't really something I had on the top of my... Uh, Brain right now. Shout out to the. Yeah, Duke. This is a Greg Sussman conversation. <laughs> That's very good. It is. Shout out to the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, they get three of this year's top twenty. Uh, One of does a great job on, on, on radio. Who? Yeah, Ross Tucker. Yeah, Ross Tucker. Like, like driving Thanksgiving Day and like the holidays, and he's doing the radio games. He is fantastic. Like I'm a big Ross Tucker fan. Also very good in football. Is um. You're talking about his podcast or just when he was like color commentator? Color commentator. Okay. I, I thought he was excellent. Booger McFarlane does some SEC games too. He's very good too. So shout out to him. Oh, and that's random right there. <laughs> um, oh, Duke, shout out to Duke Blue Devils. Three of the top twenty recruits in the class. The Brotherhood going to be <laughs> yes. Zion Williamson pulled out the hat and said, "I'm going to be attending the Brotherhood of Duke University." I was like, "What?" I've never yeah, heard that, that was, before. Uh... You did. You can tell. You can tell he's not from the Fab. I mean, you can tell he's not from the Fab Five or the Running Rebel era. Because if you was from the Fab Five or the Running Rebel era, the last thing you was gonna call Duke University was the Brotherhood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so shout out to them. They put this, the first NCAA mega team together with these three uh, freshman studs that'd be on their campus. Yeah, they're in New New Kentucky. Dunners. What do you think about Coach K going one and done, Jake? Got to wait. Got got to keep up with the trend, or you know what? Nah. Uh, I think he's I think he's better than that, but I guess he's going that way. A lot of people agree that they think Coach K is better than that. He don't have to win that oh, way. He's got to do it. Though. Come on. Everybody else is going to do it at some point. You know, see, just won championship go. again. We're not doing it. So, interesting for everybody on the fourth floor, for Jake, for uh, Matt, for, for homeboy standing in front of me, Chris Ventra. Frenzy is out.